Hello and welcome to the Time Flies podcast. I am your host, Darielle. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, I am accompanied by a familiar voice. If you've listened to the podcast before, I am joined by my good friend, Mike, and we dive into a true barbershop classic conversation. We give our takes on what we think is Kanye's best album, not our favorite, but what we think is his best album. It's an amazing conversation that I am so happy that I get to share with you guys. Um, this is part one of two. It was a, it's, a, it's a lengthy conversation, and I hope you guys enjoy, and um, let's get right into it. Rap the new rock and roll. Mm, mm. We culture. Rap is the new rock and roll. We the rock stars. It's been like that now for a minute. It's been like that for a minute, Hedy Stamane. <laughs> It's been like that for a minute. And we, the, we the real rock stars, and I'm the biggest of all of them. I'm the number one rock star on the planet. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Time Flies podcast. I am your host, Dariel, and I have a special guest with me. Who is that person right here? Mr. Pruno. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pruno, it's a great introduction. <laughs> Mr. Pruno, how you doing, my guy? I'm chilling, man. Ready to talk some hip hop with my guy. Chilling, chilling. Ready to get into the shits? Yeah, always. <laughs> always. Always. All right. So for this episode, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, instead of just talking with a, instead of talking just a um, overall topic, we're going to get very specific um, me and Mike, we've always had a lot of admiration for this artist. And we just, um, these last few months, we've just been going back and forth and talking about how there's been a lot of noise around this particular artist. And people are really starting to forget just like his brilliance and his genius uh, musically. And we're going to focus on Kanye West and we're going to give our personal takes of what his best albums are so i'm just gonna repeat that one more time we're gonna subjective yes exactly it's very subjective we're gonna give our personal takes of what we think his 10 best albums are we're gonna go from his from what we think is his worst album to what we think is his best album yeah and um yeah man so i think that's enough said you want to get right into it i just want to prefix it with I know in the 2021 year in view, I said I can't stand how carelessly the terms genius and brilliant are used, especially right. in hip hop. Right. But I'm going to use it a lot tonight. So <laughs> just want to let everyone know. Of course, man. So, again, again, real quick before we Because he's deserving it. of it. Regard flaws and all, he's really, really fucking deserving of it. A hundred percent. And again, before I get into it, it's just there's been a lot of noise around him regarding the Pete Davidson, Kim K, um, that verse he has with the game saying that he's going to kick Pete Davidson's ass. It's like and then he likes it. Exactly. He feeds into that side of it, too. Yeah, he, he welcomes does. all that shit. But sometimes we got to reel it back home and remember who we're talking about here. This is someone who who shook ground in this fucking game. Like, 100%, not to be man. mistaken. A hundred percent. You nailed it right on the head. It's just, we, we, we need to bring it back. We need to reel it back in and just talk about just his music. Me and me and Mike, we're not talking about any of the other bullshit that's going on right no. now. We're strictly talking his music, his impact on the culture. And that's all we're focusing on. Big time. I bet you ready, my guy. I'm ready. All right. So I'm going to have you 
go first to what okay. you think his worst album is. Give me your thoughts, your takes, your everything. Just hit me. Kanye West worst album. In the humble of opinion of myself, of course, is clearly without a doubt the Yay album. <laughs> okay, okay. There okay. is not a doubt in my like. Okay, I can't think of any Kanye albums that there was literally nothing memorable memorable about. There is nothing memorable about this album. It was rushed. It sounded rushed. And I don't know if you remember that time period. That was a time period of, what was it? Five albums in as many weeks. We got yeah, Daytona. Man. Daytona is a classic. That's Pusha T. But the rest oh. of the albums, they... And I don't know if this is fact or this is theory, but it was used. He did that to kind of to kind of soak the market before Drake came with Scorpion. Yeah, no, one hundred percent sabotage act. And I mean, one hundred percent. We could have that debate all over again, but then none of these albums, other than Push, has really lived up to the hype. Even Tiana Taylor's album sounded. Better as a demo, like there were sampling issues. Not, we're not going to talk about Nas's album that came out in that because everyone involved regrets that. And <laughs> oh, hold on, time out though, time out though, time out though. That oh my god, no, I agree with everything you're saying. And actually, yeah. so we we could just talk. We don't have to wait for me to to give my take about what his worst album is because I agree with you. I think Yay's the worst album. I think Yay's is the worst okay, album. cool, perfect. But, I, yeah. but see, I called that last week. I said. I don't see how we won't have the same worst album for him. Dude, oh, I'm going to let you go. I'm going to let you go first. And then I'll give my thoughts and ideas about Ye. But what I was going to say real quick, because you, you mentioned Nas and how like everybody associated with Nas, we don't refer to that album. Yeah. But the thing is, though, OK, yeah, I, I, I agree. The Nas and Kanye album wasn't great. I 100% agree with you on there. But are you willing to say that there are elements in that album where it's like it's not bad? Listen. What I was about to say, too, is that... Talk to me. Even though the Nas album... When you hear Nas and Kanye West... Just the names you're, alone. You're like, yo, okay, let's go. No, I get um, it. It was subpar, and that is really the reason why it probably sounded even worse than it actually was. But there were definitely elements in there. The record with the Slick Rick sample, the cop shot cop, the kid... I was literally going to ask you that, about bro, that, Yo, that's crazy, Like, bro. that shit, if that was more developed... That is like an all-time Nas record. But um, there was another one on there. I feel like it was towards the top of the album. I'm looking at the track list right now. The first the first track is not for radio, featuring Diddy. No. no. Uh, the third the third track after Cop Shot the Kid is White Label. Let's no, not that one. Keep going. I... Bonjour, Bonjour with Tony Williams. No. Every, everything featuring The Dream. Adam no. and Eve featuring the dream. At Adam and Eve had elements too with the piano. That that was a good that it's just it that album wasn't nurtured enough because like the tempos that they were using and Nas's flow, it didn't it didn't work. It's it it was a rush job. But yeah, to bring it man. to bring it back, rushed, forgettable, not not really any innovation whatsoever on that album, in my opinion. I didn't see like because, you know, and as we go through this list, we'll see even the albums that I don't necessarily prefer from Kanye. There was always innovation. Though. It's just a matter of 
in my subjective opinion, did did I mess with it or not? But there was always innovation here. I can't even identify the level of innovation. It just kind of sounded like I I don't know. Just yeah, nothing. Man, I agree with you, yo. Whenever you hear just listening to the words to the names Kanye West, Nas, you're expecting some legendary shit. Right. So I, I agree with you on there, and it just wasn't it at all. Um, oh. and like I said, um, me and you agree that Yay, yeah, that Yay is his worst album. Um, yeah. I do want to say though, what I do want to say about Ye, yeah, the second half of the opening track, I thought about killing you. Yeah, I fucking love it. I love the second half of I thought about killing you, and it goes into the second track. Yikes! Right, I, I, what he's saying, his lyrics is whack. Everything he's saying is whack. But yeah, but it, it could have been such a good. It could have been a great album and on top of that it was only seven tracks because he was that's doing what the they whole, were doing that was the theme yeah. of it he was doing the whole seven tracks with everybody tiana pusha kids he goes his album and Nas. but the reason why i have it as his worst album is because out of out of the seven tracks it just like you don't have room for duds you don't have room for trash or, or yeah. not trash but you don't have room for for not good music and most right. of that album to me wasn't good um, I, but there are elements to Yay where I like the second half of I thought about killing you, and then the second track Yikes, and then it has Ghost Town. Yeah, it it was just you know I'll be honest with you, D. It was just hard for me to get into. I just like I'm with you, man. I get it. You know what I mean? And it, hmm. dude, that Ghost Town though, Ghost Town future is. It says it says party next door is future, but I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't I think he was doing like ad libbing. Yeah, because um, because um, oh seven oh shake and Cuddy are on it. Yeah, dude. I I, I always like those seven shakes. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, if there's ever if there's a moment of that album, Ghost Town would probably be would probably be it. I can't really. No, that's definitely the that's definitely the track of the album. But just like obviously. When we thought of the idea for this, uh, for the podcast, for this episode, we went through all his albums. And when I was listening to this album, it's mostly the same thoughts that I had when I first listened to it. But then when I came across Ghost Town, I was like, my God, man. Right. That's, that's definitely the track of the album. But it goes to show you that Kanye didn't really have a lot to do on that track because you think about Cuddy and you think about 070 Shake more than you do about Kanye. You know, but you know what? With Kanye West, you could always give him a level of production credit. And I'm sure Cuddy was involved in it too, but yeah. see, and, and this is the thing also to be noted to any listeners out there. We are only comparing artists to their body of work. So a bad Kanye album is is a decent album for a lot of other people. Mm. If a lot of if if other people come out with this album. You're like, oh, this shit kind of goes, man. Like, this shit is all right. But being that it's a Kanye West album, that's why it wasn't as memorable. If someone else comes out with this album, oh, shit, this shit is not bad. But Great it's point. a Kanye album, so you got... It's a gift and a curse for the gifted. That's that's great, just great fucking point, man. That's a great point. Yeah, that's, that's just something that point. we have to note because then you'll get the people like... Oh, it's like, no, remember... 
Kanye West peaks and Valley. So their peaks are the standard that they're held to. That's, that's, that's just what it comes with. That's comes such with the a territory. That's such a great point. Way to preface that, man. Good stuff. Um, do you have any other idea? Do you have any other thoughts? Any other takes on the Yay album? I got nothing else to say about that. Oh Ashtray. man, it's just actually I I, I do I, I did want to because because the Yay album dropped when it was like you just said you prefaced it by saying Kanye was trying to sabotage the whole Drake album that dropped like a month after this album dropped I think yeah but he was doing the whole Pusha T drop Daytona and then classic I, classic 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 ridiculous album. A hundred percent. And then I, th- I don't know the exact order, but he dropped Kitsy Ghost, which is the collab album with him. And fire Cody. also. That's what pissed me off. That album to me was fire also. And then I think it was his album with Ye. And then it was Nas and then also Tiana. And looking back at that period of time, it's like Daytona's or uh, Daytona. The consensus is that's the best album that came out out of the bunch. Obviously, it got nominated for a fucking Grammy. Oh, without like that's not even a question. That's but yo, let's just let's wrap our minds around if Ye went into each album with like Ye production and Ye co- concentration. Um, concentration. Yes, concentration. Do you this know how- is my po- bro? This is my point. This and the thing is, is that first of all. If he would have spaced all these albums out into a span of like a year and a half, that's what like this was a calculated effort to do something. That's what pisses me off. It, yeah, and it's weird of him that it, he was kind of so dismissive of the product in itself because Kanye's never been that guy either. Where he he always seemed to put the the artistic value before anything else. So now, if these albums are done. Within a time span of say eighteen months, who kn- we could be talking about five classics all under the umbrella of Kanye West. I know, Instead, man. we're talking more so about a bunch of potential, some dud, and you got a classic in there. You and who knows how long Pusha was really working on that. To me, yeah. to, and like we keep going back, but that Daytona album not only is it without question the best album that came out of that little pack to me it's like a hip-hop classic you can listen to it that shit will always go that shit will always go the thing with pusher though is that i feel like pusher had like it was kind of a cheat code because when kanye went on his twitter rant i remember that day he went on his twitter rant announcing all the albums that he was dropping and he said push was first so i'm saying pusher had a little bit of the cheat code because he knew he was going to be first so he, I feel like he kind of knew that he had Kanye's utmost attention. And yeah. then he, he was like, bet, I got Kanye for the first album. Like, I know I'm good. But then everybody else after Pusha was like, fuck. You know, you feel... You but that, feel, that also benefited Kanye because then everyone sees that album first and they're like, if this is the mm, shit that they got cooking up, I, feel you, I can't I feel wait you. to hear what's next. I think that, yeah, they, I feel you, I feel that you. was equal opportunity right there because Kanye knew he was putting out his best products first. Well, who knows? Because these, I remember waiting for Nas's album. Of course. Because, <laughs> you, of course but, you were. <laughs> but do you remember, I don't know if you remember, but part of like this rush process where they they were forcing these albums out, they weren't being uploaded to iTunes on time. Right, Sometimes right, they weren't right. like... They, you, I, I remember being up for Nas's album, 12 o'clock strikes. Oh, shit. I keep refreshing iTunes and it wasn't there because they, they were literally working on it as the shit was supposed to be out there. So 
Yeah, I, don't yeah, even, I remember that. Daytona might have been the one album that was actually done before the mayhem. That's they might have actually put way more time into that album. That's what I'm saying. Going forward, and so they knew this is our best foot here. I mean, the thing is, it's a simple formula with Pusha T, but it's always effective. That's what I'm Pusha saying. Like Pusha, Pusha's Daytona album, I feel like Ye and Pusha were working on it like a month or two prior to the release date. Pro- and then, yeah. And then literally, so. and literally after that album, they were working on it like a week or two prior to the release date. Yeah, Everybody, touching it up a little. Yeah. That's just, God, man, it's so fucking annoying, bro. So, listen. But um, I do remember that. I do remember the whole iTunes and everybody was like, yo, what's going on? Um, Tiana Taylor's album. She she said she heard that album and was like, uh, yo, what happened to my album? Because <laughs> the last thing she heard was like this, I guess, what was essentially the demo version with, uh, you know, all the samples intact. Then she gets this product. And I don't know if you remember that whole thing where, like, she bugged out because yeah, no, she was tight. She hears the product and she's like, yo, what the... And business has never been done there since with good music. Yeah, no, and she had every right to because she had every right to because Tiana, but not just the whole that, not just that period of time, but I feel like Tiana just in general was always this like so much potential, but like she never, I don't think it's to her fault at all. I just feel like some, I don't know what happened, but like nobody really gave her an absolute true shot. Now, you know what I, now I think with her, it was it was a situation because she had what was her first solo album? Uh, I don't I remember the I, name. I don't remember the name of it. It was it was good though. It was good. My, yeah. My thing is, I think her talent is so multifaceted. Her focus could be more on choreography, or could be more on what's over here. What like so? I guess her not diving into music or getting the credit out of music she deserves might be. Might be her own doing because her focus was elsewhere. You like I know so? she's, I, yeah, I, I, it could have been. I know. I, I would have to. I would have to do do a little more of a deep dive on this one. But I know she she's into other shit. She's no, I I understand you, and I'm with, I'm there with you. Like she is known for her choreography and like being very artistic. But I don't. But when she was putting out albums, like I didn't really get the sense that music wasn't her focus. I felt like music was her focus for those albums and i just feel like her labels right. even before good music I, I just feel like her labels just like really dropped the ball with her well who who that first album was released i think on death jam if i'm not mistaken well i'm looking at it right now and the first album i think is seven that's the name of the album yeah that sounds seven. right yeah and then when i look at the like the publishing and everything it says good music slash def jam so i yeah. think she's she's only been with good music and def jam okay so and then they, i guess it all went it all went but they just, with that second album. They just dropped the ball with her. And then the second album was uh, KTSE, Keep That Same Energy. Um, that was, again, good music, obviously, Def Jam. And then the most recent album, which is called The Album, um, it was released two years ago, 2020. And it was under, again, good music, Def Jam. So it looks like she's always been with good music and Def Jam. So she's they just, yo, I, they, I honestly feel like they just dropped the ball with her. And I really don't think it was yeah. her, her, um, her doing. So... Yeah, I mean, yeah, and now she's saying she retired and everything. So I don't know. We gotta see and wait. Um, we gotta wait and see. But um, yeah, man. So all right. So yay, we put that to bed. Dud. Yeah, the worst album of Kanye's uh discography. Um, let's get into what we think is his second to worst album of his discography. Um, 
Um, Mike, what do you what do you think is his second to last, second to worst album? Number nine on the list. That's nine. Yeah, yeah, it's right? nine. I think we're gonna nine. agree. Number nine on the list is his Chance the Rapper impression. It's Jesus is King. Okay, so far we're at the same. So far okay. we're the same. Now, but there, there were more redeemable qualities about this album than Ye. 100%. Um, clearly why it, it's number nine for a reason. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't... I guess I'll get the negative out the way first. Um, the gospel shit is not for me, never really has been for me. However, that Sunday service choir that he loves to utilize... Crazy. In these spaces, crazy is amazing. It's crazy. Um, hands on with Fred Hampton is that his name? Uh, yeah, I'll look it up, but go ahead, keep going. Great record. That's to me, that's just a good, good all time Kanye West record. Yeah, Fred, Hammond. um, Fred Hammond, hands on. Yeah, you're right. Hammond, that's um, we got a subpar clips reunion, but it was a clips <laughs> reunion. Right, right. That right. was that was cool. That was interesting just for him. And because um Malice is also was also on that same road, genuinely he's still he got stuck malice with to him. rap again, bro. Malice could rap his fucking ass off. No, yeah, but, um, but I'm just saying he got malice to come out of retirement. Yeah, drop. yeah. And he yeah. and if you hear all the interviews, he wasn't he had no plans on coming back. He put out, I think. Maybe one one album by himself where it was like it was more gospel geared. Mm. So this I don't have I don't have too much to say about this album because it's uh it's clearly not my favorite album, but it's not his worst. And it was kind of I mean it content wise wasn't wasn't for me. Right. All right. So, so, so let me let me just let me give my thoughts real quick. Um, sure. So when we developed this idea of let's talk about his what we think his worst albums are, his best and worst albums are. Before I even listened to all of his albums, yeah. I was I automatically I automatically put Jesus is King as his worst album. And then when I re-listened right. to all of his albums, I was like, nah, Jesus is King. Jesus is King is not his worst album. It's definitely no. yay. It's yeah. definitely it's definitely yay, but I was surprised at how much it hit me because when it initially dropped, I listened to it, but it was like a literally it was a one listen, and then I just put it in the back burner. I didn't listen to it again. Yeah, it, but that's what I mean. It was one of those albums where it was like it wasn't outstandingly it wasn't, bad, bad, yeah, and it wasn't like something that I'm gonna rush back and listen to. Like I listened to it for the first time, mm-hmm. and then didn't listen to it again. Yeah, me too. Until exactly. we went. To this, 100%. List, to this idea Literally so it's like it, yeah sunday service choir fucking fire i'll listen to an album of them <laughs> I'll, I'll go to whatever church they sing at or whatever well, they dude do. this is the thing that also kind of annoyed me like yay when he dropped this album this is when he had that interview with zane low and i was actually watching it earlier today and in the interview he was saying that like on december on, on christmas of that year this album dropped in 2019. Jesus is King dropped in 2019. And I, if I remember correctly, I think it was like September. Um, and then he had an interview with Zane Lowe. And in the interview, he said, you know what? On Christmas of that year, 2019, he's going to drop Sunday Service Choir. I think it was called Jesus is Born instead of Jesus is King. 
And he was say, he said it was going to be an album with Sunday Service Choir. And then, of course, nothing dropped because Ye always does that. He always says shit and then nothing ever comes to fruition. But like, I'm with you. I'm like, yo, if Sunday Service Choir, if we if we get an album of like his live events, like it's going to be fire. And I, I feel like that's going to come eventually. Like his dude, you never know what this guy, man. I, I hope it does because that that would that would be fucking fire. That real would quick, be real quick. Do you think do you think Donda 2 is actually dropping on February 22nd? Yes. Really? You think so, huh? I think so. All right, all right. I just wanted to get your talk. I just want to get your take on that. Yeah, we'll I think that. so. That's that's I interesting. Think, yeah. I don't think so. I think he's trying to be in the in the public eye as vastly yeah, as possible. I get it, but he's done this before where he's like, I'm gonna do this. And then when that day comes, it's like, yo, crickets. He's done this before. No, no, no. It, I wouldn't surprise me, but I just have a feeling it's coming. Okay. Um, but going back to Jesus is King. Um, yeah. So when we, when we listened to the album, I was like, wow, Jesus is King is not his worst album because you can tell that he like, he was trying. He I was really like, in a space. At yeah. That point. I felt like he was really trying. And with yay, I just feel like definitely he wasn't trying, but Rush I do job. want, I do want to highlight. There's a song on Jesus King. It's called on God. I Yo, love, uh, yeah. That beat is crazy, is. bro. How you get so much favor on your side? Accept the measure, Lord and Savior, I replied. That's your love, that neighbor, not divide. I'm a ride. That's on God. His light shine the brightest in the dark. Yeah. It's like some like Mega Man, Super Nintendo, like. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Like they, there were there's redeemable moments on that album. It's just um, that beat is crazy, bro. Like yeah. when I heard it again, I was like, "Whoa, what the hell?" And you know, I think I think him trying to contextualize that album under the guise of religion, he limited his his creativity. Where like an on God could have a feature from some. Like I felt like. All the features on that album were under the discretion of who could fit that mold of like a gospel, you know, yeah. a gospel album. So other than Pusha T, you have Malice, you have Fred Hammond, you have Sunday Service Choir. There's someone yeah. else. Who, who am I missing? Um, Aunt Clemens was on a track. Uh, track Who's talented as fuck, Water. too? Um, Ty Dolla Sign was on the track. Ty Dolla Sign. So it's like... But like with a beat like on God, you hear that and you're like, man, what this record could have and it might have just been the creative space he was in. Maybe it wasn't limiting for him at all. But as the objective ear, it's like, damn, there's some production on that album that if it was outside of this content matter and it was out, you know, who knows? But like I said, it has its moments. It's just not not all for me. Well, that track on God um, towards the end of the track. I don't know if you remember, but um, Pierre Bourne. His um yeah. his tag comes up, so he it was like I guess he had help from Pierre Bourne to produce yeah, that track. I remember that whole see Kanye he he's like that like he'll dig up because Pierre Bourne I remember at that time he was doing a lot of bubbling in these internets. The yeah, P- yeah. Have, have you listened to Young Nudie? No, not yet. Not really. I haven't got into him yet. So Young Nudie and Pierre Bourne they they do a lot of work together. Right. I, I honestly I listen to it for the beats, dude. Fire. Pierre Bourne is. I just love his beats, bro. They're yeah. so. Like, no, and I remember. That's what I remember. That's like the only thing I remember is that that 
like the majority of the shit I was hearing, it was right around that time. What's that? Like 2018, 2019? Yeah, 20, yeah, 2019. 2018, so he was bubbling, and I remember, yeah, this shit. Yeah, this Pierre shit. Pierre Bourne's beats are like it, it does it does have like a trappy hip hop vibe to it, but it's not in your traditional trappy um sense. That's the best way. Yeah, I can no, that, that, there's something else about it, and I have to listen to more of it to articulate what it actually is. But there's an element, and you you know, whenever you hear someone who's good, because you're like your first few listens, you're like, there's something different about this. I don't exactly know, but that distinction is what makes people like really great, and it highlights it highlights their talent. So, so the 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 project. Yeah, so we're going on a little bit of a change with Pierre Bourne. So real, real yeah. quick, um, the project that that got me hooked was um, it's called Slimmer. It's what Young Nudie and it's a Pierre Bourne. So I guess it's a collab project. Twelve tracks. He has he has yeah. some big features. He has the baby. He has Megan Thee Stallion, Twenty One Savage, Lil Uzi Vert. He has some big features, but like a lot of these songs, the beats are crazy, bro. And keep in mind, what what year is that album? That's twenty nineteen. Same year as Jesus. See, and keep in mind that. These people weren't the stars that they are now. So he was kind of collabing with these people, you know, a little bit before they actually went all the way in blue. So he had the right people around him. The baby, Meg Thee Stallion. I got to listen to it. I got to. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll send it to you. I mean, obviously you can find it on the internet, but I'll just send it to you to remind you. Um, All right, man. So we got two down. So. And we both agree so far. So we both agree that Yay is his, that we personally think that Yay is his worst album, and yeah. we think that Jesus is King is his second to worst album in, in yep. his discography. Yes. All right. I think this is where we're going to differ, though. Possibly, I know for yeah. a fact if it's not this one, I know for an absolute mm-hmm. fact it's going to be number uh, number, seven. number yeah, seven. Yeah, that'll be seven. Okay. So what do you think is? So this will be number eight. His third. Worst album. Hit me with it. I don't even like saying worst for this album. Right, it's just, right. You know what I mean? I feel the, his his eighth best album. Right, right. Is Life of Pablo. Okay, we're still good. We're still okay. good. So we're still good, my boy. So with Life of Pablo, this actually this could be his like the most frustrating project for me from Ye because mm. there is so much so much good about it in my this opinion is, yo there's so many good elements of this bro, album, bro it's just but it's so it's so out of focus and i don't oh. know if like his his main focus at this time was was the sneaker the easy shit because i know but he it was out of focus and you know we're used to hearing oh my god so many thoughts bro. where you yeah exactly bro <laughs> We're used to hearing sonically cohesive albums from Kanye. And oh my God. that was like, that was the thing that it almost sounded like a random mixtape of Kanye songs. And a lot, bro, a lot of this shit, a lot of it went. I think this album has the best Kanye intro. I think Ultra Light Beams, oh you want to talk, this is, this is why, this is why I'm talking about a live album with the Sunday service choir. Do you mm. remember when they performed ultra light beams on SNL? Oh, yeah. the irony now with Pete Davidson and everything, but you remember, do you yeah, remember I that? I remember, I remember that. Yeah, Kelly remember Price that. came out. Mm-hmm. 
Chance the Rapper bodied it, and yeah. it brought that record to life, bro. And so, I mean, we talk about that record. What else we got? I like the collab with Mad Lib and Kendrick. Oh my Famous. God, um, Dog, there's... I love Kanye. Oh it was one of his God, more narcissistic bro. moments. This album was... It was good. It was a good album, but I 100% agree with you. It's like... And on top of that, when we think about Ye, we think about how he innovates. We think about how he changes the game yeah. going. To me, this album is a really good album, but... You're drifting it, into my other point. I yeah, know where you're going. Go. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna let you go with it because no, 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 go because okay. So, so basically, so basically, it's a really fucking good album, but it sounds for that time period, for that time period, 2016, yeah. and what hip hop sounded like. Yeah, that album sounded like everything else. Well, so that's my take is that yeah. he was mooch, he was mooching off of like the best elements of that period in hip hop, mm-hmm. like a lot of the music. You know, you have the Ty Dolla signs. You have the, all the guest appearances. Obviously, like we already spoke about with Designer, he basically just took the Panda record, put his own shit. But Kanye's, career, good, bro. Kanye's good enough to where he can do that and people who listen will know. But you can still let the record run. I've listened to Life of Pablo more than a few times. Like, it's not a bad album. Likewise. But once again... We're comparing Kanye mm-hmm. to Kanye. 100%. There's a reason why he has that record, the I Love Kanye, because that was already going on at that point. You felt like there was this distance growing between the Kanye that everyone fell in love with, with this guy who you didn't know he was he dancing on that line of that genius and and complete psychopath, too. But like I said, I don't even like calling this one of his worst right. albums. It's the right. eighth best because it has its moments, man. Like, and I, I mean, I didn't want to hear him talking about someone's asshole getting bleached, but the, yeah, there was the a lot of, great. there was a lot of fucking good moments on this album. It just was not cohesive. And when you go into Kanye's albums, you go in, like, you're going to listen to an, like audio cinema type of thing. Like you're going to go yeah. on a trip. This was like, I, there was nothing, no real thread in the needle here. There, it's like it's like you said earlier. It's like if this album was any other artist, this would be their best album in their discography. But big time, we're talking about Ye, and we're comparing Ye. We're talking about Ye, and we're comparing Ye to Ye. So yo, this album, yo, Father Stretch My Hands Part One into Part Two. Stop it! Stop it! I just wanna feel liberated. Hey, hey, I told Up in the morning, miss you bad. Sorry, I ain't call you back. 
exact same problem my father had All his time, all he had, all he had And what he dreamed, all his cash Market crash, hurt him bad People get divorced for that Drop some stacks, pops is good Mama passed in Hollywood If you ask, lost my soul Driving fast, lost control Off the road, jaw was broke Remember we always broke Remember I'm coming back I'm taking all steady Hey, that, is that, Those is tracks that, are amazing That's, Go ahead, my bad is that the first uh, reunion between Cuddy and Kanye? I think so. I think Since, so, yeah. like, the 808 days? Yeah, because they had a little riff where Kanye, a, like, yeah. he called out Cuddy for something. Yeah. So I think that, so. No, those... I'm, see, bro, like... Bro, you, Father he, Stretch My Hands Part yeah. 1 and Part 2, that shit knocks, bro. When Yeah, and even when we're talking about this album and when I was listening to this album... What was actually bad about this? There was, it was just, but when you listen through and then you're like, well, is this better than... You're talking about the tracks or you're talking about the album right now? What are you talking about? I'm talking about, I'm talking about the album in general. Oh, okay, okay. okay like, okay. when I listen back to it mm-hmm. and you hear records like Father Stretch My Hand and you're like, right. no, this record really had some fucking joints. It just, yeah. like, I feel, you know, redundant saying it, but it was... So kind of scatterbrained. No, we're, yo, we're gonna be redundant, bro, because we're gonna be redundant, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep highlighting that, like we're comparing yay to yay, because we really do. Because like we keep saying, and I'm, I'm repeating myself literally right now. If this was any other artist's album, it'll yeah. be the best of their discography. Yeah, and we're we're saying that this is his eighth best album. How fucking crazy is that? Yeah, eighth best. Yo, let me tell you. Let me tell you, bro. So I'm looking at the I'm looking at the um, track listing. I'm looking so waves with Chris Brown. Yeah. That's track 10. Yeah. Everything from track 10 all the way up until track 20. Right. I liked, bro. I literally liked everything. And I yeah. and I'm still have it as his eighth best best album. Yeah, and you, you know, but now that you hit on the the waves. It reminded me of one of the things that I didn't necessarily like about the album in the sense that... With your boy, Breezy. Yeah, no, but it it wasn't (laughs) even so much about him specifically, but when you look at the album, like, we spoke about Kanye West and his, like, one of his greatest production values is how he plays guests and how he strategically puts features here and there. On Life of Pablo, it kind of felt like a lot of artists, he it was like the biggest names he could cultivate and put on the album to an extent. Yeah, 100%. He wasn't doing much, much digging, but I another issue I had with this album too, I don't know if you remember that there was an original version of the Wolves track. 100%. I do. And it was far superior to the album version, but... Who was on the, who was on the original? Do you remember? I think Frank Ocean... Was Post Malone still on it? Someone else was. Yeah, I, I have. I should have touched up on it. I just remember that as we're speaking. I just remembered that now. Like I remember hearing Wolves originally before the album came out. I was like, okay, but do you like the album version of Wolves? Because I, I still like do the album Post. version. But no, I like the album version. But I felt like the maybe it's a case of demoitis or whatever. But I felt like the mm. version I originally heard was better. But yeah, good album, man. It just. It's just the way it stacks up, bro. It's the way it stacks up uh, amongst everything else. We're we're not done talking about this album because obviously, no more parties in LA. Do you remember that track? 
That's that's one of the ones I noted. The Mad Lib collaboration. Oh yeah, with Kendrick. My bad, bro. Fire, bro. Stupid. That track was crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah. Crazy that, dog. That was Kendrick, um, Kendrick and him going back and forth, and Yay, Yay did not. Yay didn't get washed. No, not by any means. Because, bro, because, you know, regardless of what he says, I know on the Drink Champs, he said he basically, like, just exploited the backpack underground scene. Yeah. He was never really on it like that. But there's a part of Ye, when he gets those dusty fucking soul loops, soul samples from a guy like Madlib, it brings something else out of him. Now, I don't know who assisted him in the writing process on that, or if there was, I don't, who knows, but him and, and Kendrick going back and forth like that, and that's not the Kendrick you always get either. That's Kendrick over some underground shit. That's Kendrick over Mad Lib. Like, that's a real, that was, that was a great fucking record. That was, um, that was definitely a moment. For that sure. was a moment, bro. And then one of my other favorite tracks, Real Friends. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Ty Dolla Sign mean, was bro, where, Now, bro, I have to look at the Tell me when it's game time. Bro, bro, where is... Talk to me, talk to me. I have it in front of me, so talk to me. Bro, where is the... This is, what I, this is what's so conflicting about this. Where is the whack, album, uh, the whack track on this album? Well, I don't know if there's a whack track, but there is a small portion of the album where I'm not fucking with it. And I believe it starts with feedback, feedback, feedback up until freestyle. Four. Okay, fair, fair for me, okay. for me personally. No, no, no. I think you're right there because I remember. Yeah, see, feedback I fucked with, but I'd say like lowlights, highlights. But see, like even that is not terrible. It's just not really. I just I didn't fuck with it. Everything from feedback, lowlights, highlights, and then freestyle. That's what. That's one, two, three. That's four tracks. That's four tracks, and it was that that a that, twenty track album. So you're talking about sixteen tracks. Sixteen tracks out of twenty that I like Damn, that we man. both like. That that's a no, great no. album. It just you know what it was too, and it goes you know. You you expect Kanye albums to, you know, shake the earth a little bit, and this album probably didn't shake the earth like the rest of them did. And that that was the thing, like we spoke about earlier, when he's incorporating or kind of mooching off of the elements of that that time more so than he's doing anything else. Where up until that point, every album has, you know, been groundbreaking to a degree. And because yeah. his album previous to that was Yeezus. Correct. So you talk college dropout, late registration. Graduation, 808, Dark Twisted Fantasy, Yeezus, not even counting Watch the Throne, nothing. All those albums did something drastic to the culture. Yeah. This album was kind of just like a good album. It was it was just a good album. It was kind of all over the place, almost like a mixtape. Yeah. But it's nothing earth shattering. Yeah, and we forgot to mention, thank God I remember this, but we forgot to mention, do you remember how he debuted this album? I remember there was like, this was, it's it's hard for me to put a gauge on it because I felt like this was also the beginning of learning how streaming 
albums work because this is the first album I went to Target for and I couldn't find for shit because he wasn't selling the album anymore. And then you'd get one version of the album and then a completely different one after it came out because he's he's editing as he goes and he's putting yeah. different... So I, I forget the... I remember the rollout. He was calling this a gospel album originally. Like yeah, I remember, I remember elements of the rollout, but I got lost in that whole like evolution of streaming that was going on. So the way he debuted this album, he had a fashion show at Madison Square Garden for his Yeezy season. I don't know if it was like three, four, five, whatever. But he had a fashion yeah. show at Madison Square Garden. And everybody came through. The Kardashians, Lamar Odom, Cuddy, Travis, Pusha. And the models that were in the fashion show, you had Lil Yachty, you had Ian Connor. Ah, okay. I think Playboy Cardi was in it. So that's the way he debuted it. He literally connected. I think he connected his phone with an Oscord. And then everybody that was in Madison Square Garden, as the fashion show was happening, he debuted the album. I think, and I think. What I have to say, my bad, just what I have to say, what I have to say about that is, this was in the time period where Kanye was doing his whole fashion thing, his whole, like, I need someone to help me. Like I want to be Steve jobs of fashion and all that shit. And then, and then, and then, yeah, he was like, and that's when like the, the Yeezy, the Yeezy shoes were out. So I feel like he was more concentrated into like the fashion empire rather than his music, but it was like, it was the beginning of that. So that's why this album isn't bad. Right. See, you know, now that I'm thinking of it, though, the the stuff that you're talking about, his like, I guess his struggle with the fashion industry, I felt like that was that specific struggle was more in the time period of Yeezus because I remember the Breakfast Club interview, the Sway interview, and then you hear Yeezus and you're like, oh no, this guy, this is a guy who sounds like. He's frustrated with the shit that's going on. That's where he used kind of the distractions and, you know, the other facets of his interests to work in his music, too. I think that this was the element of him being more focused on his own personal brand. Now he's getting he's I guess by this point, he's making his way out of debt. Sneakers are up because at this point, Yeezys are already moving. So I think that's that might've been where his focus was. And that's when he was, that was Yeezy season. I forget, but that was, I think the, um, the distress, a lot of the distress stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the distress yeah, yeah. clothing. So I think that initial battle with the fashion industry was more geared in the Yeezus era. But I think you're right in the sense by this point, his focus is definitely the Yeezy brand because this is where, it's starting yeah. to take off. It's, start, is, it's starting to take off. Yeah. yeah. Again, the key word, starting. And right. that's why this album isn't as bad. But right. then when you get into your yays and all that shit, it's like that, that fashion, yeah. the Yeezys were going crazy at that time. So it's like, yeah. you feel me? I do also want to highlight that your boy, French Montana, he had a little intermission track with Max B. And he's like, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer. <laughs> yeah. And he's like the I, wave god in the building. Yeah. Silver Surfer in the flesh. Yeah, that's <laughs> your boy French. Yeah, I fuck with French, man. That's no, nah, of course. Yeah, but 
Uh, good album, great album. Um, he did. He also had that song "Facts" when he's like that. That that song "Facts" is a Nike diss. Like it's just a straight up. Nike yeah, yeah, diss. that was the whole yeah. And then right. So, I mean, oh. do you do you have any other thoughts? Any other takes about this album? I feel like I got everything off my chest. I no, nah, I, I got it all off, man. Good, good album. Just it's a really good album, though, man. Really good album. And the cover, the, the the cover for the album, I remember that was a little bit of a thing because there's two pictures on the cover right. album, and one of them is like some woman with a crazy butt, and everybody yeah. everybody thought that was Kim K, but it's not. Apparently, it's somebody right. else. I forgot who it was, but I remember that was a little bit of a moment. No, that yeah, that cover was one of the more iconic things about that album too. Dude, it's like I I I kind of want to move on, but at the same time, like I'm 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 looking at the track list like over and over, and I'm just like, I no I keep, because I'm I telling keep, you, I keep hearing no parties in L.A. in my ear, and Kendrick, and Thirty Hours, and Wolves, and like real friends, and then again, Father Stretch My Hands, Part One and Part Two, like those are joints, bro. It's it's one of the more conflicting. It's probably the most conflicting album. But as we go through this conversation, I think I realize why I put it there, and it's because. It didn't provide the cultural shift that all the Kanye albums up to that point did. Yeah, no. I so know. I think that's that's the defining factor, in my opinion. Yeah. See, now, I know. No, no, no. Number seven is where we go left, my friend. You think so? No, no, no. There's nothing to think. Oh no, no, I think no man, I think we're good. I honestly I know I think I know where you're going and I think we're still good. No way. All right, hit me with it. My number seven? Yeah. Is 808 and Heartbreaks. We're the same. Are you kidding me? Yo, we're the same, bro. Thank God. I, I was like, yo, I'm I'm gonna have to fucking prepare my debate, my debate sport. <laughs> I had I, a feeling, I, okay, bro. So I had a feeling. Why was I so much I was under such an impression that this was going to be like number because, three for you. Because I think when we came up with the idea of this episode, we obviously we haven't listened to all the albums to prepare for the episode. And I think before I listened to all the albums, I was talking about 808 in a very high regard. Super. And it's even at is. the time of, I remember. Yes, as well. And even yeah. in the time of 808s. But then after listening, after listening to it, I'm going to give you my take. Obviously, we're going to go back and forth. But I think that's why you thought I had 808s a lot more higher. I definitely thought. I, I, um, okay. I mean, that's, that's good too. Now. Let's get into it. What are your thoughts about 808s? Okay. Um, so time has done this album justice for me, where when it first came out, I wasn't able to accept it because of the way Kanye had distanced himself from what I knew him to be. You know, the normal fucking nerve of the consumer. We we love this guy for what he does. He comes out with a record where he's singing using elements of uh, like 80s techno pop. So, so good. Now, it wasn't for me at the time. However, I mean, and I, I'll be 100% transparent. Like, I don't really listen to this album. It has moments, but so oh, the, the thing about this album is that in it's its legacy. This album transformed hip hop. Tra- 100, 100, 
thousand like, million percent, it, bro. And that's why it has aged, I guess, gracefully, because we're talking eight oh eight heavy auto tune. And by the way, this was auto tune when everyone thought Jay had killed it off because Jay does death of auto tune. People are scared to touch that. Kanye comes in, which, which by the way, very interesting how he he came out with the song DOA and then auto tune continued. Like auto tune, I mean, a it's, it's been at its strongest ever since. So, but I'm saying um, like you, you expect when Jay Z comes out with a with a stance like that, you expect that things start changing. But things. Well, the really... thing is, is that because when when Jay Z said, "Yo, no more jerseys," bro, we were in high school at this time. We were in junior high. He said, no more jerseys. You saw idiots wearing 3X button-ups because Jay-Z said so. So this is the culture that we're coming from. Like, this is... So when Jay would say something, people listen, bro. And But to go back to Kanye, when you talk about the soundscape of hip-hop, the 808s, the auto-tune, the... A rapper harmonizing the way he was harmonizing. Hip-hop was never the same. And I mean, listen, Cuddy is the real architect of this album, in Big a facts. sense. Big I think that Kanye West has, has given, you know, somewhat credit to Cuddy because of that first... What's the first... You know better than me. That first mixtape Cuddy had. A kid named Cuddy. He, he acknowledged that he was a huge fan of that. And, what he, and on that album, that's where you get a lot of the elements that you get in 808s. And Kanye, doing what Kanye does, he kind of exploited it in the best way possible. And, you know, that, um, I mean, from that, looking back on it, <laughs> you, from I, that, I, you have so many thoughts. I can't I do, it, bro. Because, because Kanye, West, <laughs> Kanye West is such a conflicting case in so many ways. Like, Oh my but god, bro. Post 808 and Heartbreak, what rapper that comes after that point does not incorporate an element of 808 and Heartbreak in their raps? Whether it's and who, harmonizing, auto tune, 808. Yo, that whole blog era was a bunch of 808s. Like a lot of that blog era was the 808s. And who's the biggest artist that people say took material? We got Drake. We got 100%. so far gone. Yeah. That's yeah. the brainchild of the 808 and Heartbreak. 100%. So in, in a sense, it gave birth to, even though he was already moving, if you listen to Comeback Season and then you listen to So Far Gone, the sounds are completely, completely yeah. different. And So Far Gone is what took Drake from fucking point A to the moon. And not to mention... I. So Far Gone is a mixtape, by the way. It's not an album because they drop it no. as a mixtape. I hate people that throw So Far Gone in, in an album with Drake. Yeah, it's not. Even though, and he re-released it for shit. that reason on iTunes. So people really... Though, though that was the beginning of people making mixtapes that were really more like albums. Because it was just, more... Yeah, there was I'm a sorry. lot of original content with the exception of what's the record he freestyled over Embodied. Say so you will. Right around that time. So yeah. I don't know if that was actually on So Far Gone. I don't think it was, but it was right around that time period. Yeah. And um, so I, 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 that's I, why I, like, I just... the legacy. And the thing is with this album, too, and I th- I've think i noted this to you before. Once again, we have to revert back to the disclaimer. Subjective. Subjectively, mm-hmm. for me, this brings me back 
to a darker time in my life. Yeah. So to listen to it, because that's the way I attach myself to music. So I listen to it and I'm brought back to a time of heavy transition, you know, making a bunch of bad choices. Just it doesn't bring me back to the, the best place. And then I hear shit like the RoboCop record fucking to me that, that and and I hear Jeezy talking about him at the podium trying to lower my sodium. I can't do this, bro. Like it's. There's a man. I have so many thoughts and so many, um, I so many takes on this album. So okay, so real quick about the whole Drake thing. Um, not to make it about Drake, but the reason why I wanted to throw that out there about So Far Gone being a mixtape and an album is because when people talk about Drake, they automatically throw in So Far Gone as one of his classic albums, but it's not an album. No, it's not. So okay, so that's that. Let's put that to the side. Whatever. Now, as far as this album, 808s, this hurts my heart, bro. This hurts my heart because it's everything that you said. This this album changed so much in hip-hop, and it had such a cultural impact moving forward. But if I'm looking at it with an objective, with objective ears, and my personal opinion, when I went back into the album, the first three tracks, Say You Will, Welcome to Heartbreak, featuring my guy, Cuddy, and Heartless. Yeah, that was one of the standouts. The first three tracks, like I just said, Say You Will, Welcome to Heartbreak and Heartless. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I re-listening to it, I was like, yo, the first three tracks of this album, amazing. Yeah. But then this is why I have the album where it is in, in, in our list. Because everything from amazing all the way until bad news, I'm like, it's cool. I'm like, it's cool. I like it. I like, I like the sound that he's going for. Like you said, the 80s techno, all that hip hop, all that stuff. I like it. But I don't know. Like re-listening to the album, I'm like, it, it doesn't do anything for me. And I'm sorry to say this. Like I, you might you might hate me for this, but I've never been a Jeezy fan. I've never really been a big Jeezy fan. Nah, you know, I hear you. I've never been a big Jeezy fan and I, I could appreciate what he did on Amazing, the ad-libs that he contributed to the songs and everything. Yeah. And I could see why Kanye wanted to um, incorporate him on the song. But I honestly, when I heard it for the very first time, I was like, I definitely could have done without Jeezy. And re-listening yeah. to it, I was like, I could have done without Jeezy. Jeezy. Yeah. And hey, yeah. Love Lock. I remember Love Lockdown. He that was his. That's the song he used to promote this album. That and Heartless. I think Love Lockdown first, Came Heartless first. second. Yeah, because I remember he debuted the first single off of this album on the MTV Music Awards. I remember watching it, and I was like, the performance was cool and the sound was cool. But I was like, after when that okay, so he he used Love Lockdown as a, as the single to promote the album, and then when the album dropped. Listening to Love Lockdown, I'm like, that's nah. not one. That's not one of the best songs on the album. So I'm like, why? Nah. Why would you do that to promote it? But I guess during the time, he still had to try and finesse it. You know what I'm saying? He still had to like try and promote a little bit of classic yay and classic hip hop, which Love Lockdown had elements of it. You feel me? See, I think, I think the opposite. I think he went with the singles he went with to prepare people for what the album was. Like it was the most, I guess, drastic elements of what the album was. It was a lot of 808s. It was a lot of harmonizing about heartbreak. It was a lot of, and it, so, cause Kanye, like we spoke about, like he's strategic in these things. He'll almost make himself villainous in a sense. Cause he knows that this is going to have an adverse reaction 
but he's got enough confidence in his talent where he could draw people in, which I think if we're talking on the large scale of things, I'm sure that this was met with more critical acclaim than anything else. hundred percent. I agree. See, I, I, I do have to, I do have to argue with you a little bit because what you just said, I agree with you, but after love lockdown, after love lockdown, like you said, his single, his second single, which I remember as well was heartless. I remember right. he, he, he made the video for it. Heartless I, was far better than love lockdown too. A hundred percent. But you just said how like he was trying to, he was trying to promote the album as changing a sound. Yeah. And I, I, to me personally, I just feel like love lockdown. It wasn't a big swing. It wasn't a big, like, Oh, this, if I'm using love lockdown as the first single, this is going to change hip hop and the sound like li- listening to love lockdown. I'm like, this is kind of still within the realm, within the realm of yay at the time. So what would you think? would have been the appropriate first single for that album if he was trying to encapsulate like what um, that album was supposed to be honestly everything besides amazing and love lockdown any because other then, track well then you get you get um to me any other track besides amazing and love lockdown if he were to use any other track to promote it as a first single I would have been like, okay, I understand what you're doing. You're trying to change shit up. But at, like, that, go ahead. at that point, though, you got to figure like Kanye is already getting a little experimental. So I don't know. There's the record with Wayne on there, which you oh. have Wayne. Okay, let's talk about that. Talk, talk, yeah. Give me your thoughts on that track because that's my favorite track on the album. That yeah. And it's it, crazy, my yeah. guy. Bro, and that, yeah. I would I say love that track so much, dog. I think honestly, I that's my favorite track. That, on the that album. probably is the track of the album. And I was and I was in full disgruntled little Wayne consumer mode at that point. I was sick and tired of his shit. Like, but that record just see you in my nightmare. Yeah, that's Yo, that's oh my. And then you hear Wayne, and it's like, oh, he's on this. Because yeah. Wayne, Wayne at that time, 2008, he was well, like... Well, then look at where Wayne went after that, too. Wayne was also impacted by this, too, because then he gets far more experimental, makes a fucking rock album, or makes, like, he he's like... Wow, I forgot I mean, about the rock album. That's crazy. Well, listen, I mean, we could even argue Wayne has a lot to do with the 808 and Heartbreak movement in itself. Prior to 808 and Heartbreak. What about Lollipop? God, I hate that song. <laughs> Me too, but think about it. Mm, Lollipop. I hate that song, bro. Yeah. Static Major, though, was official. He was since back in the Aaliyah days. Rest in peace, man. R.I.P. Aaliyah. Princess. Princess Aaliyah. And Static Major. That's it. I'm yeah, getting his name right, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So- man, um... Dude, See You in Nightmare, that's my that's my favorite track off the album. And then right after that is Welcome to Heartbreak with my guy, Cuddy. Yeah. Do you, do you remember the, the video for that song, Welcome to Heartbreak? Yeah. Trippy. I, but, you motherfucker. know. And I loved it. I, I think I, that's one of the things I did like about this era of Kanye was, first of all, like the wardrobe and the overall. Because, you know, with Kanye mm. albums, the look always comes packaged with the album. Great point. So Great point. The, the look 
and the videos, man. The videos Whoa. were My- were fire. My guy, I oh thank God you just said something that reminded me of something. I remember vividly when this album dropped, he did a VH1 live performance. Do you do you did you yeah. see it? Do you remember seeing it yes. or anything? And yeah. he had like a suit and his like yep. his hol- hologram holographic heart or whatever it was yeah. on his on his chest. Oh my god. And oh, and that was when um that was when him and 50 still had a little bit of beef because 50 said something about when this album dropped. Yeah. And I remember, and dur- during that VH1 live performance, he was saying how like he was he was he was he was singing the songs, and then he was like fifty, look at me now, like all this yeah. Stuff. It was it was it was a year after fifty taking that L with the Curtis of his graduation. I forgot exactly what what fifty said to to kind of reignite the feud, but he said something yeah. about like Kanye going soft maybe with this album. Yeah, yeah. He, of course, might, I mean, would you expect anything other than that out of fifty? A guy like fifty, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 50, look at me now Singing on the ground With my pink shirt on Does this look gay to you? Well, I don't know what else to say to you Look at me now I'm on the ground and my heart can still not be fine. No, but oh, again, we we should also throw this in. This is this album came when his mom passed away, right? Which is an important thing to at this point. Wow, I can't his, believe we almost forgot that his mother had just passed away. But listen, he was also going through remember, a divorce too. The first piece of music from Kanye I associate with that is that verse on "Put On." Which Whew. that is a top five Kanye verse where he just and so at this point he's dealing with the death of his mother and I believe a relationship split from the girl he's he was with at the, the whole time. time he's been right. in the music game. The girl like Yeah, he had a divorce from her, yeah. And um so there was a lot going on for him personally that I'm surprised we almost we almost Whew. forgot about that too. Yeah, I know. Thank God that was didn't. in that was that was what the end of 2007 yeah it had happened? to because this album this album came out like around fall winter of 2008 i remember so maybe maybe early 2008 his mom passed away in the divorce or towards the latter part that, of 2007 that has a huge effect on kanye as we know him too just overall he's still not over the passing of his mom no which no. i uh, which obviously of like course, i don't think i don't think anybody will ever be over the passing of any of their parents no. you know what i'm saying and no. thankfully, me and you have not been have not gone through yeah, that. No, but um, but um, yeah. I mean, like when you think about it in that perspective, he lost his mom. He went through a divorce. It makes sense why he would make this album. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and the, the and tone you get, of it's it. It's right. It's super dark, and honestly, like harmonizing will do justice for pain far more than just rapping lyrics. I feel like at times, and a guy as artistic as Kanye West probably understood that and this is why he tapped into that side of his artistry as well. And he and man. he gave birth to a whole generation really. Like between 808 and Heartbreak and Little Wayne, you have basically the next 15 years in in hip hop. Little Wayne at that point and 808 and Heartbreak the pre- yeah. they're the predecessors of everything that comes after that. 
Big facts, man. Um, so I think you answered this, but just to make sure. So what's your what's your number one track off this album? I would have to say nightmares. If it's not nightmares, yeah. it's um it's the welcome to heartbreak. Damn. And bro. the welcome to heartbreak because of how it's coupled with with that video too. The and, video, um, but it also it also has the fucking goat cutty boy. Your boy. Cuddy the f- Yo, Cuddy, bro. We're gonna have an episode on Cuddy, dog. And I'm gonna Yeah, I gotta I gotta sh- I gotta shape up on bro oh my you, watch, you watch the documentary right dumb question come, come my on bad, bro. <laughs> <laughs> dog i was yeah when that shit dropped at midnight my yeah, guy yeah. that was fire come on boy oh and uh whoever listened to this uh, episode of the podcast my boy mike just asked me if i watched the documentary i actually just posted up a clip of Timothy Chalamet talking about his his uh the influence Cuddy had on him and it was taken from that documentary. So if you listen to this episode, please go to that post, like it, save it, comment on it. I'd love to talk with you about that. But anyway, moving on. Um, yeah, yo, uh, see, see, I'm yo, it's it's kind of scary how me and you, literally everything that we're doing right now, it's like literally in agreement. Yeah, like, I did fit- not expect that to go. That no, but what I'm it. saying is even besides the listing of the albums, like your favorite track is probably Seeing You in My Nightmares. That's my favorite track. And then yeah. your, your second favorite track is Welcome to Heartbreak. That's my second favorite track of the yeah. album. So I think it's, it, I don't know, it's just a little scary right now how we're eerily similar with everything so far. Yeah. All right. So let's put this, let's put this album to bed. It hurts my yeah. heart because it revolutionized the game. It changed hip hop, but we have it as his seventh best album. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. All I, right. I, I, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what our list is going to look like. I don't know if we're the same anymore. But hit me with his sixth. What you think is his sixth best album of his discography? Hit me with it, boy. Numero six. Okay, getting a little cultured on the podcast. I like it. Jesus. Jesus Christ, we're we're the same, bro. Okay. We're See, the same, my guy. No, no, no. You know, and where oh, you know, and I mean, I'm anticipating conflict towards the top of the list now. Now, if we got past <laughs> 808 in agreement, I'm only anticipating like the the top, our top two. Yo, we but, might um, have to we might have to go offline for a hot second and just yeah. like talk about the top five after Yo, and, after and users. A disclaimer for the listeners: me and your wonderful Time Flies podcast host here refused to have conversation about our list prior to this point. We were actually like <laughs> Say it. preventing conversation, a whole car ride from Brooklyn because at every second we wanted to say something and we couldn't for the sake of this podcast. So yes, yo, good job, my boy. So everything yeah. you're literally hearing right now, we're finding out. Yeah, literally we in did this not, moment. this is not anything calculated this is not something we spoke about prior and hold on so, i also i also wanted to piggyback off what you just said because like it's, it, you're right we we really try to not talk about it we stopped we the conversation say, six different times no what i wanted to say is like we got into like kind of a little bit of a shoving match of like yo shut yeah. up don't say anything yo. i was like yo, let's just, yo just tell me your last one just tell me your last one. <laughs> oh man that's too funny okay um, going back so, to the list. All right, so we both have Ye- Yeezus as um, his sixth best album. Go ahead, bro. Hit me with it. What you got? Okay, so like uh, um, the climate going into this album, he's battling with the fashion industry. This is when you get this is when you get uh, 
the sway commentary. How fact, sway? Take a few steps back to go. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, sway. This is when you get the breakfast club interview. This is uh, this is a very frustrated Kanye West. And when you listen to Yeezus, it sounds like it. Oh, it's talk, it's talk, you know talk about it sounds like track, my guy. It sounds like you know orchestrated madness, frustration. Like if the most elegantly I guess the most elegant use of throwing pots and pans and it sounding amazing, in my opinion, it was big music. It was anthemic. It was sounds that he was experimenting, in my opinion, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, sounds that he was starting to experiment with on Watch the Throne. It was like bigger stadium music. He was going to broader levels with the music. He was expanding. And I felt like this album, he went somewhere else with his production. This album, you have to take, like, Kanye's a guy, he he takes all different things into account. He takes into account that at this time, house music is also going crazy. So there's almost elements, like, you could play this. I've actually been in places where it's a, it's house music, and then they'll seamlessly throw on a new Slaves. Ooh, just, really? And the way that they'll blend it, it blends right... So interesting. In my opinion, in my opinion he uh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I don't want to get off that point. You said yeah. that you were literally in the past, you've been out to places where they were playing house music and then they 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 blended in new They blended in something off of Jesus. They blend in you know what was you know what was big for a blend? Talk um to me. I I am a god. Yeah, yeah, that, really, that record huh? was that record was big with the blend. That that shit used to go off. And yo, listen to um, they, that's why like I I know that this is this is like a love hate album, and I really even though it's it's number six, I really do love this album. I'm with you because it was so interesting from the standpoint of production. Like it was anthemic. What he was doing with sampling "Blood on the Leaves" of the most notable example cool. of the cool. way he fused in the the Nina Simone sample and. It just dun, dun, it sounded dun, dun. great. It, cool. uh, he had a record on there. I'm in it. He yeah. did some interesting sampling on there. I also liked the fact that this is, like I said, with Kanye, he's incorporating all elements. Whether it's the explosion of, you know, big music, the house music, the his own frustration with the the fashion industry, and how this sounds like organized madness. But also in Chicago, his hometown, this is what the up? era where drill music is coming to fruition. Mm. Really? So you you get a King Louis feature on there. You get a Chief Keith feature on there. He's he's bringing these people into the fold. And I thought it was wait, a well-structured. Wait, wait, Chief, Chief Keith and King Louis on this album? Yeah. What tracks? I think King Louis was on Send It Up. And Chief Keith may have been on Hold My Liquor, but I know for a fact that they are both on that album. Okay. So, all right. So you were saying that it was also the inception of like drill music? It was, it, it was him taking notice to what was going on in his own city. 
And um, I mean, look at Drill now. It's probably the biggest, the biggest faction of hip hop, whether you love it or hate it. I mean, now it's a little different because it's like the Brooklyn infused drill with the UK sound, like, but it's that same content. I mean, yeah, man. So he, I, I mean, bro, it's another instance. I mean, well, there's, there's nothing bad for me to say about this album, bro. It was like, so this is, this is another album that hurts my heart to put it this low because, man, remember you're comparing Kanye to Kanye. That's the exactly, only reason why it would be this low. Exactly, man. Like we listening to the albums. I was like, I, this album had a very hard time placing. I had a yeah. very hard time placing. Yeah. And it took me, no, Mike, I'm not kidding you. It took me a day to kind of work Jesus into the list. I'm like, I know where it's not going to be, but I don't know where to put it. And then, but then after I got through the other albums, I'm like, oh man, like it, it, when I, when I got through the other albums, I'm like, okay, it kind of made it a little bit easier, but it still wasn't easy if that makes any sense. But anyway, what I was. No, absolutely. I know. I know you were going through at that point. Yeah, bro. But. I have to talk about the opening track on site. Yeah. That shit fucking comes on. Approaching, fuck whatever y'all been here. Fuck what, fuck whatever. Oh my god, Mike. I can't. Oh, we should also we should also preface that this is the album right after my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yep. My beautiful dark twisted fantasy is regarded yeah. as the best album from 20 in the 2010s. And yeah. I and I stand by that. We'll get back to that one. hundred percent But seeing how this is the album after that, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is heavy hip hop, obviously. Right. So this album, like you said, is like that house music and not traditional hip hop. But just to open the track and let everybody know, like I'm not giving you dark twisted fantasy vibes. Yeah. Like we're doing something different, and it yeah. works too. And I, I believe he worked on Daft. He, he worked with Daft Punk on that track to help yeah. him perfect get that energy. Yeah, to get that energy and also perfect the the like you said organized mess and. Yo, I fucking it's chaos love, articulately put. I love that track, bro. I, that's I think that might I think that is. I'm pretty sure that is the, my favorite track off the album. But it's interesting because you have elements of hip hop in it, like Blood on the Leaves, like you said. Yeah. But the last track, Bound Two. Yeah. Where, where it's like it's his letter to fucking Kim K, obviously. Um, yeah. but Bound Two is heavy hip hop. Oh yeah. Um and I remember, I remember the rollout for this album. Like again, Kanye is Kanye. He's a genius. He's brilliant. He thinks yep, outside all of those the box. Things. All those the, adjectives. The rollout for this album, I, I'm pretty sure that he he tweeted, um, he tweeted, he tweeted like the lawn, the the coordinates, not coordinates, but he he tweeted like locations in different cities of the world: San Fran, LA, New York, Miami. And he was like, once you go to this location, something's gonna be there. And it, he was playing like a, a music video. I don't know if you remember hmm. that. But I do. The, yes, yeah. The, and it was New yeah, Slaves, right? Yes. New Slaves. New Slaves is one of the videos. Um, yeah, man, this this album is 
hold my liquor, new slaves, yeah. black skinhead. That's another interesting thing about this album is that even in in how production based this album is, there is a level of consciousness. Like, and you get in black skinhead and in new slaves. It almost directly draws from the battles that he's facing at that time with the fashion industry, with corporate America as a whole. So it's interesting, man. I do. I got to I got to mention my boy, Cuddy. Yeah. Guilt, guilt Trip. Yeah. He, he he makes that song, bro. That song. Oh, my God, dog. I fuck with Guilt Trip hard, dog. Obviously, we keep reiterating how much I love Cuddy, but I yo know, that song. I mean, that's. I, I th- that's my favorite. That's, that's my favorite another guy, song. man. He's he's a brilliant guy, and he deserves more credit than he actually gets. Because he's another one. If we're gonna talk about not to go back, but very briefly, we're gonna talk about the way eight hundred eight changed the landscape. You got to talk about how Cuddy changed the landscape, then. Because if you love me so much, then why'd you let me go? Yeah, whoa, whoa. Let me go. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> as you as you look at me awkwardly, <laughs> I'm just yo. I'm vibing. With, I'm not about to keep up the notes, so I'm just like yo. Sing your fucking heart out, nah, bro. Come on, Cuddy. Cuddy, yeah, that's my second favorite track off of uh, Jesus. It's funny because just a quick little story. I remember listening to this for the first time. I was with my brother, and we were uh, we were heading home from the from the mall because I picked up the album. We were heading home. I picked up the album, and. We did it, and again, new slaves. What were what were his singles? His singles was new slaves, right? And black skinhead. New slaves, black skinhead. Do you remember which one was first? Was it black skinhead? Good question. Okay, so it was either new slaves or black skinhead. That was the first single. The that- one, whichever one he was putting on the fucking roll up theaters. Yeah, yeah, Is yeah, the, yeah. And I'm not sure. I I get it confused because the thing, the reason why I'm um I'm prefacing this is because like black skinhead or new slaves is like we didn't get a that wasn't a big indication of how this album was gonna sound. It no, you just knew that it was about to not we, sound like anything you've heard from him. Right, we knew it was gonna be different, but we didn't know how drastic of a difference right. it was gonna be. Exactly. So going back to my story, getting the album, getting in my brother's car, slipping in the disc. Do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember slipping in the disc? And when, I still do it for reminiscing purposes every now and again. My guy, hold it down. I, I, but I, yeah, I slipped in the disc in the CD drive. Dog. Yeah, bro. I, I remember my brother. My brother was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "I was." I had felt like a fly face. came in the window of the car. I, I remember. I remember the same. I had the same face as him. I had a little bit of like a screwed face, but I was like. I was like, okay, like I'm not mad at it for some reason. And right. then I like the and then all of a sudden like, I was like, I'm not mad at this, bro. Nah. And but yeah, you're right, man. This album is is like a lot of people, it's like you love it or you hate it. It's not, there is no in-between. There is not this now. This is the most polarizing Kanye West album of all the albums. Really? There is no yes. What about 808s? I feel like there's there's elements of 808s that people could be like, yeah, this is all right. I feel like, I feel like literally, 808s at the time, bro, I was very polar, polarizing, though. If if we're talking about in the time. For its moment. Sure. I think I'm talking more from an overall, like, 
macro perspective where with I, all that we have from I I say cuz to this day I have never heard someone say yo I love the Jesus I mean anything other than yo I love Jesus or I can't stand that fucking album so I feel like that album comes at the bottom of a few people's list I've heard people say yeah 808 wasn't my favorite album but it had it was okay like I've see, heard I, people. I, I, okay, so so let me just let me just uh, reiterate it to to see if I'm on the same page as you. So you're saying that you think, as far as Kanye's discography, you think yeah. Jesus is his most polarizing album. Yeah. Okay. So now my answer to that is I would have to argue with it because it's obviously one of them, but it's between Jesus and 808s, and I'm not sure which one because. I remember when 808s came out, he was getting a lot of fucking shit for it. Same thing when Yeezus came out, he was getting a lot of shit for it. And I don't know which one, I don't know which one takes the cake. I don't know which one is like, you know what I'm saying? Like they were, I feel like they were maybe both equally polarizing for their time and within Kanye's discography. So I don't know. I mean, obviously everybody has their own opinion, but I'm just like, you know, it's just, yeah. just to talk. That's, that's like a, a debate in and of itself. Big facts. You know what I mean? That's because I think Yeezus challenged challenged music or challenge like more it than did. even 808 did. A hundred thousand percent, a hundred thousand percent. It challenged. Uh, yeah, it did. It challenged music. 808 did as well. But um, this is really a Kanye West appreciation episode. Big facts. Big facts. That's really all it is. And um, again, we just wanted to bring it back, man. We wanted to reel it in and get away from all the noise. We wanted to bring it into his genius and his brilliance and why everybody fell in love with him is because of his music. Yeah. Um, but yo, my guy, we've been talking for a while. Um, I think we're going we're gonna to stop there because okay. I, I do want to let the whoever's listening to this, again, first and foremost, thank you very much for tuning in. But I do want to let the listeners know that we do have something special coming for the second half of Kanye's discography for yeah. five through one. We do have something special. So we, but we just wanted to give you a little bit of a tease um, and give you a little bit of a taste of what we got cooking up. Um, but moving forward, let's just name the albums that are up for the top five. So no particular order. Obviously, we're just naming the albums that are remaining for us to list. No particular order. We have... We got college dropout. College dropout, late registration, late registration graduation, graduation. We dark got twisted fantasy, dark and Donda. twisted Yep, dark twisted fantasy, and we got Donda. Again, I can't believe we agreed on on those first. Yeah, man. I yo, man. I really think listening to the albums going into this going into this episode, these two episodes, I think that really changed shit up for me. Yeah. Prior, that, to, but that's prior a part of it that. too. When you listen to an album, however many years removed, the impact that it either lost or still has on you plays a part on where these albums land on the list. Big facts, big facts, man. So if you're listening to 808 in 2009, you might be like, "This is his fucking it's college dropout, late registration, and then this." It's you know so. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Just Jesus and 808s. It really hurt my heart to put it that low, bro. Honestly, it really did, man. Because I really I before we before we even cooked up the idea and I was obviously having this list in my head, I thought Jesus and 808s were going to be higher. So, 
I mean, obviously, it's still one of Kanye's greatest albums. I mean, um, Jesus and 808s, but oh man, it's just within within his discography. Again, we're fucking we're talking about we're comparing Yay to Yay, and that's that's what it comes down to. Oh my god. Okay, so before we keep <laughs> before we keep talking about Yay, um, and before we uh, sign off for the audience, yo, my guy, um, do you want to share your socials where people can hit you, where people can reach you if they want to get more in contact with you? You could do, yeah, Instagram.com backslash Mike.Pruno or Instagram.com inspired by gold ropes. So, so your, your IG handle is uh, Mike.Pruno. Which is sorry to give your government, but no, that's that I gave my government. <laughs> Wait, so what's and what's your what's the other one? The blog, right? Yeah, that is. Hang on, is it I, IBGR or something like that? IBGR, back yeah, IBGR, inspired by gold ropes. All right, my guy, yo, um, I appreciate you doing this, bro. You know, I always appreciate you doing this. Uh, thank sure. you for thank you for sharing your time, your energy. I it does not go unnoticed. Um and yeah, man, that's uh we're gonna we're gonna reconvene, we're gonna get together, we're gonna give the we're gonna give the listeners something special. But um right. until until next time, um if you if you listen to this episode, thank you for tuning in. Um if you could subscribe to the podcast, if you could leave a review, every little bit helps. You can also check out the Instagram. Instagram is timeflies.1221, Twitter as well, Twitter is timeflies1221. Um, please, if you go to the pages, drop a comment, um, like the pictures. If you want to start a discussion, I would more than love to start a discussion about more than, than anything. We'll, we'll talk about music, sports, movies, TV shows, pop culture. We could, uh, we could get that started. So for Mike and I, we're going to be signing off. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, peace. Time flies. Yes, sir. No more, you get that big fame on me, and you just change on me. You can't ask big homie, man. The top, so lonely, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't. so lonely, I ain't, I ain't. Let me see what we have tonight. What we have tonight? I'm high as a satellite, satellite. I see those flashing lights, flashing lights.